Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast, all about reinventing your health with safer, cheaper, more effective natural solutions and powerful lifestyle changes so that you become the CEO of your health. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder. Got low progesterone? Or are you concerned that your hormone symptoms could be related to low progesterone levels? Well, today is all about unpacking the importance of this incredible hormone and what you can do to combat the progesterone crash, especially during perimenopause. Now, although progesterone is lesser known to her counterpart, estrogen, she can sure create some serious chaos for women when operating suboptimally. In today's Q&A Friday episode, I'm going to help you identify if you have low progesterone levels, why it matters, and provide a roadmap for getting progesterone levels back to normal ranges. I'm also going to be sharing a little announcement that I've been holding onto for many months because it has a lot to do with this topic today. Now, today's episode was inspired by Sophia's question and her concern that she is struggling with low progesterone and it's creating infertility. Here's Sophia's question. I have been trying to get pregnant for over nine months after having a miscarriage last year. My cycle is inconsistent, and I'm not sure my progesterone levels are high enough to maintain a pregnancy. Is there any way to test and increase progesterone levels? This is such a great question because there are millions of women who are struggling with infertility, severe PMS symptoms, PCOS, irregular menstrual cycles, all tied to low progesterone. But before I share some of the most common signs and the best way to test your progesterone levels, I wanna quickly share my story about low progesterone along with a little announcement I have that I've been waiting to share with you for quite some time. So from my mid-30s, I struggle with low progesterone levels due to stress, low thyroid issues, and I am sure other external factors played a role as well. Every time I would run my Dutch test, my levels were low normal or sometimes low. At age 39 last year, my husband and I decided that we wanted to start trying to conceive and have a baby. I had worked really, really hard to get my Hajimoto's into remission and my thyroid levels up. And here's the thing, your thyroid is so, so critical to maintaining pregnancy. So I knew that I had to address my big autoimmune condition and my thyroid issues if I was going to maintain a healthy pregnancy. Now, once I got that handled, I was 38 years old when I was diagnosed. By the time I was 39, I was able to get my thyroid back on track. The only thing that was still lagging was my progesterone levels. They were low normal every time we were testing them. Sometimes they were getting closer to like normal, but still on the low side. But despite my levels being a little bit low, you know, after the guidance of a couple different practitioners, we started to try to conceive last summer. And we ended up getting pregnant in November of 2019, last year. But unfortunately, and I hope this isn't going to trigger anyone today, I want to be transparent about my journey, especially because it's related to this topic. But unfortunately, we lost the baby in January this year. Now, I am not sure why we lost the baby, and it could have easily been genetic issues that caused the miscarriage. However... We do know that my progesterone levels were not rising as fast as we hoped in those first several weeks. Now I know for some women, low progesterone levels can impact the growth of a growing fetus in the early weeks of pregnancy. 
So in February, just to kind of make sure everything was good to go and really to check all the boxes, I began to take topical progesterone in February because I knew we were gonna start trying again to get pregnant in March. And lo and behold, we did get pregnant again at the end of March. I continued to stay on progesterone until my second trimester. I think I got off of progesterone. I think week 15, 16 was about the time that I got off progesterone levels. All that time we had been testing it, it looked great. We were testing my thyroid levels and I'm gonna go into all of that in another episode. We are now 22 weeks pregnant and we are overjoyed and excited to announce this wonderful news with you. I did a little Facebook and Instagram announcement earlier this week and I just could not wait to share this with all of you here on the Essentially You podcast. Now my pregnancy journey has been filled with loss and joy and struggle, unconditional love and ooh, surrender. It's a whole nother conversation. I'll be talking about how this pregnancy has brought me to my knees and a level of surrender I never knew was possible. And like many courageous women, I waited to share my news with you because this journey hasn't been easy and we wanted to make sure that our little rainbow baby was healthy and strong before shouting our joy from the rooftops. Now, if you struggle with infertility, loss, and or pregnancy struggles, you are not alone. I see you and I honor your journey to motherhood. In the coming months, I will be dedicating episodes here on the Essentially You podcast to pregnancy, birth, postpartum, along with other topics related to maintaining a menstrual cycle, a healthy menstrual cycle. We'll be talking a little bit about that today. And overall hormone balance, which you know I love to talk about. For myself, trying to get pregnant with hormone issues like Hajimoto's and low progesterone was a challenge, but a worthwhile challenge, and I know that millions of other women are dealing with similar issues. Clearly, Sophia is reaching out today specifically because she feels like she is dealing with a similar issue. I hope to use my experience as an opportunity to shed light on these important areas of women's hormone health. This is such a big part of our hormone health journey. And now that I shared the news that I've been waiting to share with you for many, many months, I want to talk specifically about what progesterone does, the benefits of having robust levels, and how it is released in the body. So let's get on. Let's do it. Progesterone is released by the corpus luteum, the follicle that is emptied when the egg is released during ovulation. Ovulation, which I like to call the main event of your menstrual cycle, typically occurs around day 13 or 16 of your cycle, depending on the length of your cycle. Now, a normal cycle can range anywhere from 24 to 33 days. My cycle particularly always is around 28, 29. In a nutshell, maintaining a healthy corpus luteum is the only way to make progesterone. In order to maintain robust progesterone levels, you also need to have a healthy luteal phase during your cycle. So how this works is the follicular phase is the beginning of your menstruation. Like menstruation is day one, right? Your period starts, that's the follicular phase. Then you ovulate between day 13 and 16. Once you ovulate, the egg's released, waiting to get potentially fertilized by the sperm, and then the corpus luteum begins cranking out progesterone, which leads into the luteal phase. Now, the luteal phase, as I'll get into, needs to be about 11 to 14 days long. All that while, progesterone is rising up. I'll tell you when to test in this phase. And if you get pregnant, it continues to rise. If you don't get pregnant, progesterone drops and the first day of your cycle starts all over again. So I just wanted to just speak into what the luteal phase was. 
It is the second phase of your cycle leading up to your period and the first day of your next menstrual cycle. Now, if you're wondering why progesterone is only released after ovulation, here's why. Progesterone is the most important or one of the most important hormones needed to sustain a healthy pregnancy. Literally, it says it all in the name, progestation. Progesterone works to mature the uterine lining, readying the uterus for a potential pregnancy. And that's what it's doing during that second phase, that luteal phase. And progesterone has a lot of other benefits as well outside of maintaining the pregnancy or making sure that the uterus is ready for pregnancy. Ample progesterone levels lessen PMS symptoms, it lessens periods, it also reduces inflammation, supports happy neurotransmitters, calms the brain, regulates the immune system, supports healthy thyroid levels, brain, bone, breast. I mean, there are so many areas in which progesterone is serving the rest of our body. And (laughs) equally as important, it keeps estrogen in check. Because again, these two are always doing a dance and they're always checking each other. Most importantly, progesterone is checking estrogen because remember, estrogen is a proliferative hormone. So we wanna make sure we keep that in check. So now that you know some of the most important benefits, how do you begin to uncover if you have low progesterone? Well, the first thing is to look at your cycle, especially your luteal phase, the phase that maintains your progesterone levels. You can detect your luteal phase by tracking your basal body temperature, which is measured under the tongue with a thermometer first thing in the morning before you get out of bed. And it's always important to be consistent so that you're getting consistent reads. Now, when we hit day 14 to 18 of our cycle, if your cycle is normal, progesterone increases resting temperature by 0.5% Fahrenheit and 0.3% on Celsius. So basically, What you're gonna see is as you're tracking your temperature every single morning, once you ovulate, progesterone's gonna surge because of the corpus luteum, and your temperature is gonna raise either a half of a a temperature or a third, depending on how you look at it. And in the luteal phase, your temperature will continue to stay elevated for an average of 10 to 14 days, followed by your period and bleeding if you do not get pregnant. Now, if your temperatures go up, and you do not get a period 10 to 14 days later, most likely you are pregnant and it's worth testing at that point. Finally, if your temperature doesn't go up at the start of the luteal cycle around day 14 to 18, then it was an an ovulatory cycle, meaning that you did not ovulate. And that means that you're not gonna make progesterone that cycle, that month. And an ovulatory cycle can result in estrogen dominance, unopposed estrogen, hormonal imbalance, severe PMS symptoms, and infertility. Because again, we know that you didn't ovulate, so there isn't an egg to fertilize, but we also know that we don't have the most important hormone to maintain the pregnancy, which is progesterone. Now that I've shared some of the concerns of having no progesterone during the luteal cycle, here are some signs to look out for to see if this is a concern at all. So if you're tracking your menstrual cycle, which I highly, highly recommend, and there are so many great apps for this. The two that I used um, when I wasn't pregnant, right now I'm not using them at the moment, but I will start using them again, 
is Kendara and Flow. Also, you could use the Daisy. The Daisy comes with a thermometer and a tracking system, super easy to use. It's one of, you know, I, I reach out to so many of the ladies in this community and that is a way in which they love to track it as well. So those are some options for tracking your menstrual cycle. And note that you should be tracking your menstrual cycle every single day every month to kind of really get a sense of what is going on with your cycle because your cycle will absolutely fluctuate month to month as well. Now, once you are tracking your menstrual cycle, here's what to look out for. Low temperatures in the luteal phase because progesterone raises body temperature. So if you see that your temperature does not change once you ovulate or once you're supposed to be ovulating between day 14 and 18 of your cycle, then there's a good chance that maybe you didn't ovulate or you are having subpar progesterone levels. Next is you have a short luteal phase or no luteal phase. And what this means is a luteal phase should last at least 11 days. But if you don't see any rise in temperature, most likely what's going on is you're not experiencing a luteal phase where progesterone is rising. And then next, probably the biggest one is spotting during the luteal phase because progesterone helps to hold the uterine lining in and keep it secure so that no spotting should occur. If you are spotting, that means most likely progesterone is low or significantly suboptimal for maintaining the uterine lining to maintain the pregnancy. So those are just some things to look out for if you are tracking your menstrual cycle. Now, if you're not tracking your menstrual cycle, no worries. There are clearly symptoms that can also show us if you have low progesterone levels or maybe you're not ovulating, which again, without ovulation, you cannot have progesterone to begin with. We need to ovulate to have that corpus luteum to then release progesterone into the body. First is irregular menstrual cycles. It's long cycles, irregular cycles, short luteal phase. So if the time from ovulation to your period is less than 10 days, that is a short luteal phase or a diagnosis of polycystic ovarian syndrome, menstrual cramping, spotting mid-cycle, or before a full period flow begins. So those are all considered irregular menstrual cycle symptoms and definitely lends to low or no progesterone levels. Next, I told you earlier that progesterone, one of its big benefits is supporting happy neurotransmitters. When we have low to no progesterone, we definitely feel it emotionally. So depression, anxiety, mood swings, especially with age, many women attribute a shift in estrogen for their mood symptoms. But actually, after the age of 30, most of us drop progesterone and it's partly responsible for stabilizing our mood. So if we start to feel anxious, depressed, mood swings, especially before our period, especially kind of in that PMS zone, that really is a good indicator that there is low progesterone. And that's always been a major indicator for me. Ooh, if I go Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, a couple of days before my cycle starts, ooh, I know that I am definitely dealing with low progesterone levels. Next is low libido, fatigue, and brain fog. So many women in the 30s and 40s begin to experience energy issues, sex drive issues, a mental shift, especially with a drop in progesterone. And I just wanna to speak to this really quickly. As we step into perimenopause, the first hormone to begin to slightly decline is progesterone. And that can happen as early as our mid-30s. So I raised my hand, or I was one of those women where perimenopause symptoms started to show up in my mid to late 30s. And so it was something I was really mindful of. I knew that my progesterone levels were already beginning to decline 
and I needed to be really mindful about that. So we'll talk about supplementation and food and then ultimately, in order to ensure that I maintain my pregnancy, I finally ended up going on a natural progesterone supplement so that I could guarantee that that wasn't the concern. Like I wanted to rule out all the possible concerns and I knew that progesterone was and had been a concern for me. It was an easy thing to be able to address when we were trying to get pregnant. Next is a sluggish metabolism, unexplained weight gain, belly fat, or sugar cravings. So often when we think about a sluggish metabolism, we think about sugar issues or insulin resistance, but really when we head into perimenopause, as I mentioned earlier, progesterone begins to drop and it can sure slow down our ability to burn fat. So progesterone could be playing a big role there. Migraines, headaches, also joint pain and allergy symptoms, especially migraines and headaches, especially when your period starts, that shows that estrogen is unopposed right before your period, and then most likely it's because progesterone levels are lower than normal. And then the other ones to be looking out for, acne, brittle nails, cracked skin, this oftentimes is related to thyroid issues, and when we have low thyroid issues, we will also have low progesterone issues as well. So it's just, again, it's, it's always kind of interlaced. If a woman's got thyroid issues and they are obvious enough, most likely we're gonna see low progesterone levels as well. And the last but not least, but definitely a big one here, is infertility. As I mentioned earlier, progesterone is one of the primary hormones involved in achieving and maintaining a healthy pregnancy. If you're trying to get pregnant and having difficulty conceiving, or you suffered from a miscarriage, it's absolutely worth having your progesterone levels checked as they may be low or even non-existent. And I will be sharing how to check progesterone levels in just a moment so that you're super clear on what you can do to ensure that your levels are where they need to be. Now, as I listed off the most common symptoms of low progesterone, I'm wondering, did any of these ring a bell for you? Because they did for me when I was experiencing low progesterone. Migraines, mood swings, headaches, sugar cravings, low libido. I mean, I was feeling a lot of these things and it was never a surprise when I saw that my progesterone levels were on the lower side when I ran tests. Honestly, what I've learned over the years is that many women I talk to are experiencing low progesterone levels, even at younger ages. I know I've been speaking about women in their 30s and 40s because it's oftentimes the, the time where we see levels drop, but it can happen even earlier. Now, the best way to test for progesterone deficiency is, again, to track your cycle and your basal body temperature daily. That can give us a really good, clear indicator of what's going on. Now, as for testing progesterone levels, my go-to recommendation is the Dutch test. What I love about this test is it looks at all of your hormones and their metabolites, which gives you a much clearer picture about the root cause of the problem. Because again, it's one thing to have low progesterone levels. The next thing we gotta be asking ourselves is why? Why am I not ovulating? Why are my levels so low? Why is my luteal cycle so short? That's always an important thing to be asking ourselves and then getting the answer to that question, like what's the root cause here? And that's what I love about the Dutch test is it starts to give us clues as to what may be going on. Now, when you're looking at a test, whether you know it's a Dutch test or you're looking at a salivatory test, the optimal range of progesterone is greater than eight nanograms per milliliter or 25 nanomoles per liter. That's what you're gonna be looking for. 
And on the Dutch test, it's really clear. They have these little indicators that tell you what's going on. And if you have a great functional doctor, they'll be able to go over those labs with you. Now, when it comes to actually testing progesterone, there is a very small window when progesterone is at its highest, like the optimal time to test it, which is about halfway through your luteal phase, that luteal cycle. In other words, it's when you are five to seven days after ovulation and five to seven days before your period. So if your cycle is regular, let's say it's 28 to 29 day cycle, the day to test your progesterone levels is between day 21 and day 22 of your cycle, which is approximately seven days before your period. So if you know you're running at 28 or 29 days and you know your period starts on a certain day, just subtract seven days and that's the day you wanna test your progesterone levels. However, it's not always that simple, right? Your cycle could be shorter or longer than 28 days. That's why it's important to measure your cycle to know when to measure progesterone. Other examples, just gonna give them to you. If you're running a 22-day cycle, you wanna test progesterone on approximately day 15. If you're running a 30-day cycle, test progesterone on approximately day 23. And if you're running a 35-day cycle, you wanna test progesterone on approximately day 28. So it's important because if we don't get that day of maximum progesterone, the labs just don't really tell us anything and we're still back at ground zero. So this is super critical. The other thing that's super important to note when it comes to testing your progesterone levels is don't try to test them if you're on hormonal birth control. Hormonal birth control suppresses ovulation and progesterone. I know we've talked about this before on the podcast, but I wanna make this super clear. In this instance, your period is not a real period. So if you're trying to conceive, I want you to give yourself several months off of the pill or your hormonal birth control, your IUD, whatever it is, your patch, to come back online and to begin to ovulate again. It can take a minute. For some women, it could take many, many months. So if you're thinking you wanna start conceiving, you're on hormonal birth control or you're on the Manera or whatever you're taking, give yourself at minimum three to six months. Now, some women, their bodies come back online pretty quickly, but a lot of us, they just don't. It took me a year back in the day to get my cycle back on track when I was in my early 20s. So now that you know what signs to look out for and how to test accurately for progesterone, I want to share what you can do to get progesterone levels back up. Now, my recommendations are not going to surprise you if you listen to these episodes, you listen to this podcast. It is the same stuff. And that's great because at least there's so many side benefits to taking care of your body. So first things first, we got to get stress under control. I can speak from personal experience that stress has been the number one reason that my progesterone levels have been in the crapper. So if you've noticed that you've been having a really crazy stressful month, and then your period comes on, like comes at you with a vengeance, we know that stress is impacting your ovulation and your progesterone levels. And that has happened to me so many times where I've had a really crazy month, let's say October had a massive launch month, lots of business stuff going on, just so many things in the hopper. And then November, oh my gosh, my cycle was just a hot mess, right? And so you'll notice these things and your cycle is always adapting to your external environment and what's going on with you. So stress, get it under control. Next is supplementation to address any underlying nutrient deficiencies. 
No surprise, progesterone needs specific minerals, cofactors, and vitamins to function and even to get created. Remember, your body is having to make progesterone. That's a whole nother conversation for another time. And so if we are lacking in these specific minerals, cofactors, and vitamins, one, our body's not gonna be producing enough and progesterone is not gonna be able to bind to the receptor sites that it needs to bind to. And that's not to mention ovulation, which requires a ton of energy and nutrients to take place, right? In order for ovulation to take place, a lot of things have gotta be right. A lot of nutrition has gotta be dialed in. So make sure that you're taking adequate amounts of zinc, activated B vitamins, omegas, magnesium, and iron. Now I formulated a very effective women's hormone supplement that specifically addresses low progesterone and estrogen dominance. It contains methylated B vitamins, magnesium, calcium, and the most effective herb designed to promote ovulation and progesterone levels, and that's Vitex, also known as Chaseberry, along with other herbs to promote a healthy luteal cycle. I absolutely love this blend, and it has been a lifesaver for me and hundreds of other women taking it right now. It is called Hormone Balance. I kept the name super simple because it's exactly what it's doing. I will have the link to Hormone Balance, the supplement, in the show notes for this episode 217. Now, equally important to addressing any root cause inflammatory issue. So again, it's one thing to have a nutrient deficiency. It's another thing to have inflammation in the body. So when we're looking at inflammatory issues such as dairy sensitivities, gluten sensitivities, liver issues, leaky gut, thyroid disease, even insulin resistance, we know that any of these things can throw your cycle off balance and cause decreased progesterone levels. Now, I get that it's a tall order to even think about having to address these underlying issues, but I can speak from personal experience, having to get rid of dairy, gluten, address my thyroid issue, make sure that my liver was functioning properly was a huge step, not only in getting my hormones back on track, but also in getting pregnant. I spent months cleaning things up so that my body was ready to host this little sweet little baby of mine. So I just wanted to just speak into that because these underlying issues can and will create hormone chaos, especially when it comes to our reproductive cycle. And if all else fails, you do all the things, you cross off all the boxes, which again has so many wonderful side benefits than just boosting ovulation and progesterone levels, I recommend natural progesterone, especially during perimenopause and menopause where progesterone is significantly decreased, just the way that it is, the way that our bodies are built. What I recommend is over-the-counter, topical, 2% natural progesterone has continued to work for women in perimenopause. I recommend 20 milligrams. It's usually a quarter of a teaspoon applied to the hands, the thighs, the stomach area once per day, like in the morning or afternoon to provide relief from annoying symptoms and help restore progesterone levels. It can be especially helpful for women trying to conceive as it was for me and who have had previous miscarriages and are concerned about low progesterone levels. Again, this was a huge part of ensuring that we maintained the pregnancy, so I do not regret it. And what I love about natural progesterone is it is natural. Again, I always wanna get to that root cause, but if you are specifically dealing with severe perimenopause and menopause symptoms, or you are trying to conceive and you know your levels are low, it is always worthwhile getting on natural progesterone. There are few to zero side effects here, and I feel really comfortable making that recommendation to you. Now, I know this episode had a lot to unpack, and it may be worth going back and listening to it again. 
I also want to recommend that if you have a friend or someone in your life who's struggling with hormone balance or not exactly sure what's going on, this may be the episode that unlocks what the underlying cause is. So definitely recommend episode 217, breaking down the signs of progesterone deficiency and how to fix it. Now, if you're interested in diving deeper into correcting underlying nutrient deficiencies to hormonal imbalance, I have an extra bonus that I've created for you today. I've compiled the most important vitamins, herbs, and minerals in my top 11 hormone supplement guide. I have created this so that you have instant access to this amazing bonus guide in the show notes. It's a great reference so that you finally have a proven list to get your hormones and your body back in balance without wasting time or looking through inconsistent lists online. When I created this guide, it was super important for me to really take into account like what were the most important minerals, herbs, vitamins that women needed to sustain happy hormones. And that's what is in this guide. So you just got to go to the show notes for episode 217 and grab it. I also want to say thank you so much for stopping by and listening into the Essentially You podcast. I am so excited that I got to do my little announcement with you today. It feels so good to get to share this and then get to share all of the learning lessons that I've learned in this journey in pregnancy. Next, you're not going to want to miss out on an incredible interview with Dr. Kristen Allott especially if you've been dealing with anxiety, depression, or fatigue, we're going to be discussing key labs to rule out physical causes of anxiety, depression, and fatigue. So we're going to get deep into the nitty-gritty of what to look for first before medications. What if it's a nutrient deficiency? That's what we're going to be looking at. And Dr. Kristen Allett is literally the expert when it comes to digging into the underlying causes and doing it through labs. So until then, I hope that you're having a wonderful summer this August, and I look forward to having you tune back in with Dr. Kristen and myself. See you soon.